All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, the number one sports gambling podcast in America. I only say that because we get more listeners than anybody. Seems like a fair way to gauge it. On the line right now, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering. Couldn't have done it without him, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's happening? What's going on, buddy? Yeah, we got a lot. Tate, you're here too, right? Yeah, very happy to be here. I was going to say, I thought Ken probably told you we're the number one sports gambling podcast. (laughs) Ken is Harry's boss. We'll get into all that later. This is a big day. I want to explain what happens here. We have limited time to do this podcast. We do it either on a Tuesday or a Wednesday every week. I would say pretty much 99% of the time it's those days, um, depending on what's going on. Now, these guys have real jobs. Uh, The Parley Kid and brother Bry. So we have to, we have to do it uh, after work hours on the East coast. Harry does not have a real job. I wouldn't even call it a fantasy job. I don't know what it is, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I have this uh, dumb live TV show that I have to do till two 30 in the afternoon. And I get back here at three 30. I'm either in the studio or at the house. This is going to bore everyone to death. But today there was a big struggle because the parlay kid and brother Brian, to a much lesser extent, myself want to watch the Islanders. We want to do this podcast early before 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. But Harry goes off. Harry goes and sees the Diamondbacks play the Yankees, two teams that he really doesn't care about. Harry, you just got back from the game, right? Just got back. Yeah. Yeah. Three, two. Yankees. Are you back? Maybe you're not even back. I don't know. Are you back? No, he's, <laughs> I'm back. Yep. Oh, Sal, okay. he, he missed right. half the game driving around the parking lot after he dropped uh, Ken off. So yeah. he missed. What half does that the mean? What? <laughs> I got in. I got in at about the top of the uh, bottom of the third inning. Had to find. I couldn't oh, find no. a parking spot. I talked. I talked to a cop on the side of the road in downtown Phoenix. I said, "This is insane. There's no parking spot here, officer." He's like, "This is the worst I've ever seen it down here for a day game baseball game ever." And, and he said he's been a cop there for eleven years. Called the well. Here's what's hilarious about this. I uh, first of all, it's good that you guys are getting along with the cops these days. I know if Ken was with you, it'd be a whole different story. But. Uh, uh, you dropped him up. You got in in the third inning. I'm going to say Ken wanted to leave in the bottom of the sixth. Mm, top of the seventh. Pretty close. Top of the seventh. But in <laughs> fairness, in, in fairness to Ken, he's got a dinner appointment with uh, with uh, employees tonight. And hey, I had to be back. I had to be back for this. So with all these tra- all these cars and traffic being terrible down there, I didn't want to get stuck in it. So leaving uh, the uh, top of the seventh wasn't so bad. You're a good man. A dinner appointment. Wow. All right. So Parley Kid, Brother Bry, 1-1. One, one, I'm seeing with the four minutes left in the first. How are we feeling, Parley Kid? Real quick, what do you think? Um, I think the honors pull this one out. Yeah, they got to win it. I think they pull it out somehow or another. Yeah, I think uh wouldn't be surprised um, that this series finds its way to six or seven games. That's just my opinion. All we'll right. see. Bry, we're going to check in. Uh, you know what, Tate, you went nowhere, right? You didn't go to the Diamondbacks game. You're not watching the Islanders. You you had lunch the other day. You were, you were chewing edibles in your apartment before this yes, podcast. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, that, that all checks out. Having my gummy hour of just uh, <laughs> being Harry's level. So it's the typical typical <laughs> routine. We had a great time. Yeah, we Friday, did. Right? Oh, oh that's right. You that's guys right. went to lunch. All right, we'll get to that. We have so much to talk about. It's Cinco de Mayo weekend, which is... It's great for sports gambling and I think for uh, liver disease, but we're going to focus on gambling. Kentucky Derby, obviously this weekend, big news just about an hour ago. Uh, Yeah, that big horse, Omaha Beach, scratched 
So that's done. The favorite, I think it won like six in a row. Omaha Beach was the favorite. On locking in, I took a horse would win the triple crown. I kind of feel like I should get my money back now when the best horse is all of a sudden scratched. I don't know how that happened, but uh, we're going to have hockey legend and analyst Eddie Olchek on. He also likes the horses. Uh, he picked the trifecta for the Derby last year. He'll be on in like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes or so. So just hang in there. We're going to talk NBA game threes, NHL, Canelo Alvarez, Danny Jacobs. They fight this weekend. Try to get to it all. But you know what? People like when we talk football. Football's not dead, right, brother Bry? 47.5 million watched that draft, 600,000 live in Nashville. Yeah. What a showing. Uh, that was nuts. It was like watching a parade with the team winning the Super Bowl. The amount of, well, I yeah. couldn't believe it. I, I was like unprepared when I was watching the television, how many people were going to be there. And it's like Darren and I were watching it together. And I was like, holy shit. Look how many people are there. And then when they said there was like 200,000 people there on Thursday night, I, I just couldn't believe it. Our buddy Scott Holmes uh, was at a bachelor party there. He said it was more insane, obviously, than it even looked on TV. And he, he likened it to parade also, but a parade for all 32 teams. When you see jerseys from all different cities, it's spectacular. And all what's also spectacular is offensive rookie of the year odds are out already. Uh, we're each going to pick one. It may seem too early. You know what? It's not because we want to talk football. And here we go. Uh, Josh Jacobs, par- uh, brother Bry, this is your team. The Raiders, you didn't mind this pick. You hated the first one for your team. But Josh Jacobs, I'm picking him for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, with the uh, news with Isaiah Crowell, what is it? It's uh, His Achilles is torn, right? He's gone. Yep. And yep. I-, I was thinking, you know, it wasn't going to be hard to upseat him anyway. I-, I thought, you know, they just made the wrong pick. If he couldn't beat out Isaiah Crowell, Josh Jacobs, running back from uh, Alabama, 12 to one Monday morning, now down to six to one because he's their guy. I like it. Four of the last six years, a running back has won. Uh, it really should be five of the last six years because one of them was Dak Prescott. That was the year Ezekiel Elliott. I know they shared the podium. That was nice, but Zeke should have taken that. So the, the NFL is happy to give this award to a running back. And why not? Josh Jacobs, uh, brother Bry, are you happy with uh, your backfield this year? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad we finally have a running back. I, I still am not one of those. Uh, I'm one of those uh, people who don't like drafting a running back in the first round. I, I mean, I felt like we probably could have got him with their later first round pick. Maybe I don't know. I mean, we could have gambled and maybe got him with their second second round pick. But I don't love taking running backs. But uh, Jacobs was by far the head of the class for these running backs. So. Uh, I mean, it does, it does fill a big need. Um, I, I did love him at 12 to one, I'll say, but at six to one, I mean, with those odds coming down, I mean, the only thing I would say is this running back class in general was pretty brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus the thing with the, the Raiders is their schedule is probably the hardest schedule I've ever seen in football. I mean, again, they, they go away for like 16 straight games this year or something like that. But yeah. I would just think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Six to one, six to one is decent value, but uh, I don't know if it's great. You like uh, Kyla Murray, right? To get it? Yeah. So I like Murray at, at plus two seventy five. Look, I think that's still really good value. Like it, at some point, right after the first couple of weeks, if this guy stays healthy, he's going to be at some point like plus one fifty, right? Maybe or even even money at some point in time. Look, he's likely the only rookie QB starting from day one. I mean, maybe Haskins would. Uh, he's going to put up numbers, even if the Cardinals stink. Their schedule isn't too bad. He's probably right off the bat 
I mean, would you say he's like a top five most exciting player that you'd want to see? Like you have Mahomes, Barkley, probably Mayfield this year. I feel like I want to watch Kyler more than anybody else in the NFL almost. So I do think he's going to put up good numbers. So again, I think plus 275 is really good value at this point in time, considering I think it's going to, at some point in time, you're going to be like, damn, it's even money now. I wish I jumped on it at almost. I, you know what? I throw fat Eddie Lacy in that top five. I'm sorry. By the way, f- former offensive rookie of the year award winner, which is crazy to me six years ago, but he did win. All right. Uh, Parley kid, you don't even think I picked the right running back here, right? Well, Sal, this is, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I like Jacobs. I, I really didn't like the Raiders taking him where they took him because I, I do think, uh, you know, these, these running backs, uh, like the guy I'm taking right here from Iowa state, David, Montgomery at 20 to one uh, really is probably not too much of a difference between any of these guys. When you think about it, in fact, Montgomery right now, uh, even by the Chicago bears head coach is drawing comparisons to Kareem hunt, at least on the football field. He is, uh, he's pro ready. Uh, the bears traded up to get him, Sal. So they, you know, you're not trading up for a running back in the third round, unless you're planning to really use them. And we know that they lost Jordan Howard uh, in the off season. And, uh, Howard had, uh, ran the ball 250 times last year. So uh, maybe Tariq Cohen's, they might see a little bit of an uptick in his carries, but we have to figure that this guy, Montgomery, he's going to carry the ball between 200, 250 times minimum, minimum. And I think on the low end, uh, and he also can catch the ball too. So I think that's why Nagy really likes him uh, because you're talking about a three down back, even though with Tariq Cohen, you might not need him for three downs, but like the way Kareem Hunt was with the Chiefs, uh, I think that's what Nagy is looking at uh, with Montgomery right now. So I could see at the end of the year, uh, this guy putting up close to uh, 1,000 yards, maybe even above it, like 1,200 yards, uh, and, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 touchdowns in that area. And at 20 to 1, I think he's a sneaky, good offensive rookie uh, of the year. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think any of these guys are going to put up Saquon Barkley number. That, that, that's going to be hard to top, but no, you, you, you don't I, really I, have to do that. Yeah, Murray, I think, is going to struggle out of the gate. You know, I, I think at, 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 uh, at the end of the year, his numbers are going to be uh, impressive, but I don't know if they're going to be Baker Mayfield impressive uh, in year one mm-hmm. for Murray. Uh, and again, the running back situation, uh, I, this guy's going to start. He's most likely going to start for the Bears. I just think and look, they're a Super Bowl contending team, right? And they're a team that likes to run the ball and they like to play defense. So why not this guy 20 to one and everything about this guy, uh, this guy was kind of a workhorse in college. So uh, that, that could be a plus or a minus right here. But uh, I just think 20 to one odds, really, really good for this kid. Yeah, brother Bry, by the way, there is a number out there. Kyler Murray over under 19 and a half touchdown passes. I already bet under not he could still win this offensive rookie of the year with under, but that's a, that's asking a lot. Like you look at all these rookie quarterbacks yeah. that get just as many uh, snaps, you know, five out of the six get under like 16. Um, you know, Sam Darnold had a good year and had under that uh, Baker was the only one. What did he have? 27. So I think that's asking a lot of a, a rookie quarterback, you know, provided even plays all year. Harry, you're going with the home cooking uh, here, aren't you? Yeah, I got to go with my namesake, Nikhil Harry at 18-1 for the Patriots. Look, last year, Sony Michelle as a rookie put up big numbers for New England. Not typical numbers uh, for a rookie for Belichick, but had really good season, and I'm looking for Nikhil Harry to do the same. I mean, New England must think 
Harry's pretty special since he's the first receiver the Pats have drafted in the first round under Belichick's regime. He had 37 games at ASU, still had 213 catches, still put up almost 3,000 yards, 6'3", 230. Uh, receiver you can take shots with down the field. Plus, tight end-wise is the problem for the Pats, losing Gronk, and surprisingly, they didn't draft a tight end. That leaves rookie Harry's role with this team so much more important to Brady and the Pats' offense. Uh, he basically will take uh, take over Josh Gordon's role at receiver, mm-hmm. and he will be the main guy Brady looks for all over the field. you got Edelman to go uh, still to get underneath a lot of stuff, and he's still fantastic, and he was unbelievable in the Super Bowl. But Nikhil Harry at 18-1, to 1, the numbers could be huge this year on him. Well, that's a bad pick. I don't know if the fellows agree with me. Tate, that's a bad pick, right? A Patriots receiver, what are they going to have? Five touchdown receptions? If you, unless you're Randy Moss on the Patriots, what are you going to be allowed? Five touchdown receptions? You can be the new Randy Moss, eight, the way he's built. 850 yards. Uh, look, uh, if a guy was named Saquon Sal, I'd be all over him. I'd be saying this guy's going to be the greatest. <laughs> Tate, does Nikhil Harry have a shot? I was going to say, after eating those gummies, I think Nikhil Harry has a great shot. So maybe that's what the, <laughs> that's maybe what the effect is. Uh, so I agree with Harry. I think he has a shot just because he's going to get, uh, you know, some chances. Like you said, I mean, they gave Sony some chances. So maybe but I think Kyler is going to run away with it. So I'm with Brother Bray. All right. Boy, this love affair between you two. We, we have to put a stop <laughs> to it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. All right. Let's switch to the NBA. But we'll probably talk about these fellas uh, sometime soon. <laughs> these NFL players, because we love football and we love talking about football. Now, the NBA, this is a different story. Uh, The game threes, there are three of them coming up. Now, we're doing this on a Wednesday night. Who's playing tonight? Denver and Portland. We don't know the game three line there. We do know Toronto, minus one and a half, 216 at Philly. Boston's a two-point favorite at home, over under 220 versus Milwaukee. Houston, a four-point favorite at home, uh, 220. Golden State. By the way, that game is freaking Saturday. They played Tuesday and now they're playing Saturday. I know that drives you crazy, yeah. Harry. Enough. Oh, Parley kid. And who wants to jump in here? Anybody? Shame on you, NBA. Uh, yeah, well, so what's up with that? I, I I guess uh you know, I know they try to drag these things out, but we we complain about this every year. It doesn't ever seem to change and um mm-hmm. I can't but, but I can't though, figure but, out what... But you know what guys so Darren, even though if you wanted to watch game two most of the East Coast couldn't when it starts at 10.45 uh, p.m. Right. Well, that's the thing, guys. I need to sleep one night, so I think it's probably better that this is Saturday. <laughs> it's good that they put that on a weekend. All right, all right. All right, I understand that. It does give uh, all these players seem banged up. Tate, you think Steph Curry is the most banged up on anyone? Harden can barely see. But Steph's hand is a mess, right? Yeah, I think uh, the hand is a lot worse than he's letting on. I mean, a lot of times adrenaline can carry you through that one game. So we'll see if it's bruised up on Saturday. But uh, yeah, Harden looked the worst. So who knows? I mean, those could be two serious injuries uh, for that whole series. But it doesn't matter because Kevin Durant's playing. Yeah, it's true. You can't slow him down. He really flipped the switch for that team. All right, we'll get to that game in a second. But let me just say this. I like Toronto. If I have to pick a game three, I'm going Toronto minus one and a half over this. This sleepy, sloppy Philadelphia 76ers team. They won. They had a big lead. I have a feeling if that game was like two minutes longer, it would have been good. You could say that about a lot of these games, but I like Toronto on the spot on the road. Uh, at game two, but Harris was three for 11, MB two for seven, Simmons three for six, and Butler nine for 20. How the hell did they win this game? Greg Monroe coming off the bench? I don't understand how they won the game anyway, Philadelphia. But Toronto, six and two against the spread last eight road games. I think they go into Philly. I think they win by double digits game three. And um, 
take over that series like they should. Uh, Brother Bry, you like the over-under in that game, right? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you too. I'd probably I'd lean the Raptors in, in this game as well. Uh, Danny Green missed a ton of wide-open shots that game, so that, that, mm-hmm. that definitely cost them. And I feel like Lowry, while he was – I guess his stats look okay. I still feel like he in the playoffs he, he stinks. Um, but I'm going to go with the under uh, two sixteen and a half. Um, it just it seems like it's too high that line to me. Look, the Raptors are only giving up ninety three points per game in the playoffs. The unders in their last eight playoff games are or their last eight games are seven and one. The under is four and zero oh, in Philly's last four. Both teams actually defend the three pretty well. Um, they have a bunch of good defenders. Simmons is actually even playing well defensively. Um, so I would say like both teams are going to get to 100 probably in this game, but I think it's going to be more 108, 101. I mean, again, just 216 and a half seems high, almost seems a little fishy, I'd probably say at this point in time. So it, that worries me a little bit, but I think just based on the trends, based on the stats, I have to say, you know, any Kawhi game, he's going to get up for it. He's going to have their team playing hard defensively. So I think, again, 216 and a half is probably too high. I agree. Uh, people getting slaughtered betting overs. Uh, not me. I'm staying away from that. Uh, Parlay Kid, Bucks, Celtics, Celts, a very small favorite at home. I don't know how you handicapped this. I think it was only the third yeah. time in history that a team that lost game one by 20 points plus wins game two by 20 points plus. Uh, Kyrie from game one to game two was a, 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 a unbelievable difference. The same with uh, the Greek freak. It's really tough. We didn't yeah. get a good sense of uh, which team is better. I don't think based on those first two games, but you're taking this game, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be taking uh, the bucks on the money line at plus plus one fifteen to win this game. Uh, kind of like you just said, it, it's really hard to get a feel right now of what's what in this series. But the Greek freaks, how you just mentioned, you know, he hasn't really played his A game yet. He really hasn't. He, was, he shot seven for 16 uh, in game two, was 13 for 18 from the free throw line. Uh, it wasn't a dominating performance by him, even though the stats kind of show that. But he's even capable of giving more. And a lot of these guys were able to rest uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter the other day for the Milwaukee Bucks, being that they had such a, a large lead. Heading into that, it was uh, almost about 25 points at that point. So they didn't really uh, really see the floor or see much action in that fourth. I think they're rested. I think kind of what you're going to see a little bit of a role reversal. I think the Bucks are going to carry over that momentum from game two to game three, steal a win in Boston. Boston will take game four over. And as we talked about last week, this will go seven this series, I believe, with Milwaukee pulling it out. But for, for that game three, I like Milwaukee. Uh, to uh, to handle the Celtics and uh, you know and, and win the game outright on the road. Yeah, I think they'll lose one of these Boston at home. Even though like Brad Stevens in the playoffs, nineteen and nine and twenty one and seven against the spread at home uh, yep. for Boston. But like you said, we haven't seen the Greek Freaks' uh, best game. What we did see it was troubling, and it was like, wow, this could be a really short series. What did Hawford swat him three times? I think he was like blocked in the restricted area 70 times the whole season. So the fact yeah. that they were able to turn around is a good, is a good sign. Um, who's up next? Harry, are you going to pick the big one, the big Saturday game? I hope they're rested enough. Houston minus four, 220, Golden State. Who do you like? Everything's going right, right for Golden State. So what do I like? I like the Rockets, Sal. I like Rockets minus four. In a loss, uh, they had 47 attempts in game one. 
and made only 14 of them. Harden was 4 of 16, and that was in game one. In game two, they shot 43% from the field and outshot Golden State from the field and still lost the game. And finally, all of America will be able to see this game at a normal hour, and you will see the Rockets put up a show. They're going to do something finally. They're going to take one game. Chris Paul's going to play great. Harden's going to hit his shots from outside, and Capella's going to be a beast down low. Give the Rockets one game. Houston gets game three. They win by double digits, 120-109. All right. Well, first, let me say, James Harden, scratch corny or not, really, last five games hasn't been great. 28 points per game where, I mean, that's that's great for any mortal, but first 13 games since March 20th, 37 points a game. So I, I don't know. It's not just Golden State. It's not just this series. It's not just his eyes. Something's different about James Harden. And uh, if you think you know about taking out? the Rockets at five to one, I, I don't think it's a good thing to win. The, Steve Kerr has only lost four games in a five game stretch three times in the last five years. So I wouldn't like that. Well, guy, what were we going to say? With his injury, he's going to he's going to find his way to the line in Game Three. The refs are going to give them some calls in this one. Rockets minus four covered. Is he going to be led by a a, a a dog when he find his way to the line? Because he he said he couldn't see a thing this morning. But all right, nah. uh, we'll we'll yeah. figure it out. Uh, hey, NHL, real quick. Thursday, Friday games. Uh, I'm going to say I'm not going to pick one because it's just been too tough. I do want to apologize to the parlay kid. I went back and looked at records. It really is close. I was down on hockey. This is what I do. I get down on sports when I, I lose bets. But I was down on hockey when all these favorites lost in the first round. We had them in series bets. But um, they really are that close in the regular season. In fact, I even thought there was a home ice advantage. There isn't. Aside from Boston, who has like a nine-game nine games better at home. And I think the stars are five games better at home. Everyone else is one or two games off. Now that in mind, the road team going into Wednesdays, won six of the last seven, I would take the road team. The fact that you're getting plus money on some of these road teams, uh, yep. the uh, Islanders tied right now, one, one going into the second. Um, I think it's crazy. I think take the plus money with the road teams. Parley kid, who do you like? Well, so that's exactly what I'm going to be doing here by taking the Bruins, who are really even money in game four over the Blue Jackets on the road. Boy, is the NHL cringing at the thought of a potential Hurricanes Blue Jackets conference final series just for the ratings uh, of what that could be, even though the true hockey fans like myself and and some of us here uh, wouldn't mind that. Uh, well, I want to see the Islanders, but that being said, like if you're a true hockey fan, we know that's a good matchup. But let's look for the Bruins here. David Backus is back for the Bruins. He's gonna. He's a big body who plays in front of the net. Shield up. Get in front of Bobrovsky, who's having an unbelievable series for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think Backus makes a difference in this game. Uh, their, their starting line of uh, Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak finally get it going here. They win game four. They haven't lost three games in a row, the Bruins, in about two months. So let's uh, let's take them at even money, Sal. Hey, All right, hey, brother Brian, hey, you are going Avalanche, Sharks, who we're not even sure should be in this postseason run at this point. What do you like? You like the total, right? Uh, yeah, I'd probably, if I'm going to bet a team, like you said, I'd bet the underdog here, so I'd go Sharks. But I'm going to go over six, which seems low to me. Six and a half seems more like it, what it should be. Uh, the Sharks overs in the playoffs so far seven two and one, two zero and one in this series against Colorado this year. They're five zero and one. They were one of the best over over teams all year, close to like a sixty percent. Uh, I think they were close to sixty percent on the overs. San Jose was second best scoring team in the league. 
both goalies, I think, are really struggling. They're not even facing a lot of shots. So I think six, again, every game seems to have seven, eight goals in this series. So uh, six seems low to me. Again, maybe a little fishy, but I would go over. Okay. All right, that seems reasonable. Harry, you don't have a pick necessarily, but you have a trend you want to blow by us. Yeah, I have a, I have a bit of a trend. Um, heading into tonight between the Islanders and Hurricanes, the Eastern Conference semifinal games are a combined 5-0 and for the Unders. And that's because of fantastic goaltending. Rask for Boston has been really good, but as Parlay Kid mentioned, Sergei Bobrovsky of the Blue Jackets has been absolutely phenomenal. He had 36 saves last night, including a game saver with two seconds left. And the Islanders uh, won one last time I checked was like 10 minutes ago in the second period. So that looks like an under as of right now. And they can't get anything going offensively, no matter who's in net for the Canes. So under in the Eastern Conference looks good at 5-0, and shooting for 6-0 and tonight. Well, I don't know if, if there's more of a jinx than Harry. I don't know who it is because now Carolina took a two to one True. lead, which doesn't do good for anyone on this phone except for uh, for Tate. <laughs> there's uh, eight minutes left in the second. Tate, are you enjoying the Carolina the, this run here? Yeah, I uh, I mean, look, I'm not a hockey guy by any sense. I don't skate very well. I don't do many we you know winter sports at all very well. So uh, I kind of keep my opinions out of it because you know anything I say probably won't make sense, but. We're all pulling for the Hurricanes. Everyone in North Carolina is pulling for the Hurricanes. People are going crazy. So uh, I, I hope for you guys, since you guys are actual Islanders fans, that things work out for you. But, uh, you know, the state of North Carolina, people are going crazy. The people have already been crazy in Carolina. I have news for you. <laughs> That's but South listen, Carolina. Come on. <laughs> your opinions are welcome here, Tate. And here's a segment where everyone's opinion is welcome. Our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I and Tate Set sail, tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Last week, Captain Morgan killed it. I, honestly, I don't know if he'll ever come up with a better one than this. He had one of the closest and most dramatic endings to a Captain Morgan prop. Tony Stark, minus 14 and a half skills, skills, not skills, kills over Arya Stark. And guess what? They're not paying anyone. It's too close to call. I don't want to give away any spoilers. But I'm going to have to give away a spoiler. Um, these two did some major, major damages, uh, one in movie and one on the screen. I think, Brother Bri, one of, one of them was very dark, but I think Arya had uh, at least one good kill at the end. No, there was a lot going on. But, um, yeah, that, Parley Kid, you saw both. Harry, you didn't see both. Who would you? Who would you um, I think Parley Kid and I are the only one who saw both. Who would you uh, declare the winner there? Wow, I don't know. It this could be like you said. Uh, you know, you know, some people retire on top. Like if you know, if you were to not do Captain Morgan's anymore, it's going to be tough to beat this one, right? Yeah. So I mean, jeez, I so I'm going to say Arya uh, had the advantage just because um, from what you could see uh, of the uh, uh, thousands upon thousands of upon thousands of White Walkers right. that uh, she destroyed. Compared to with Tony Stark, it was kind of like uh, and I don't I, I know Brian and Harry haven't seen it, but you know it was kind of just a uh, snap of the thumb and mm-hmm. people just disappeared. I, I couldn't really get too much of a visual on how many were possibly killed, but I'll give it to Arya uh, uh, in this one. But um, boy, it could, really could have gone either way. 
I'll look it up. Uh, I'm sure someone will write an article about Tony Stark, Iron Man's killing. Sure. That, that was phenomenal. How <laughs> just all these people disappeared, bad guys. Uh, but anyway, Captain Morgan's firing back, not resting on his laurels. This week's question, which will be higher? The winning team score in game three of the Warriors-Rockets game or the weight of the Kentucky Derby winning jockey? Now, I will say this. Omaha Beach was scratched. Their jockey weighed 114 pounds. Yeah. Houston is expected to score 114 points, I would think. So this is right on, yeah, too, in terms of setting up a number. Uh, Parlay Kid, while you have the floor, jump in there. Who's going to be higher? Yeah. This is another good one, Sal. Um, you know, if you believe the Rockets are going to win this game like I do, uh, they do average 113 points a game. However, Sal, in the last three, they've only averaged 103 points a game. Uh, the average jockey, as you just mentioned, weighs about 114 pounds. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I like uh, a horse named Bacoma uh, to, to win with uh, Javier Castellano riding it, who weighs 110 pounds. But then again, if you like the Bob Baffert horses to win, which a lot of people do, three, the three of them are the favorites. You know, Bob Baffert's like the, uh, you know, the, his horses are like the New England Patriots. They yes. always have a really good chance. And the three jockeys weigh about on the average, of, uh, his jockeys weigh on the average about 113 pounds. So this could, re- this is going to be another one that's going to be close. Now, I think the Rockets, though, is going to shoot lights out. I, I can see them approaching about 120 points this in this game three, uh, a must win for them. So let's take the Rockets to have more points than the weight of the winning jockey. All right. Well, you, wow, you did way too much research for that. What a loser you are. Uh, Harry. <laughs> Harry, out loser, uh, yeah, the parlay kid here. Oh, I can do that in a heartbeat. Uh, like I said, uh, <laughs> earlier I liked the Rockets at minus four, so of course I think they're going to score some points here. I think it's uh, a big mix of uh, Capella, Harden, and Paul all come through at home. But the main key in this is the referees. The referees are going to give calls finally back the other way. Houston's going to get plenty of free throws, plenty of chances. And like I said, I think they score about 120. Let's give the uh, jockey even 116, 117 at the winner uh, of the Derby. 120 to 125 for the Rockets. Referees help them out. Rockets at the side. All right, Brother Bry, do you see an instance where the referees could help a jockey out with his weight? I, I don't, but maybe you haven't looked into it as much. I don't know, yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree with these guys. I'm going to say, it, like, like they were saying, the range is like between 110 to 118. Uh, if In the last six playoff games between the Rockets and Warriors, the highest scoring team was 115 points. So these mm-hmm. games have actually been really hard fought, like defensive games, you wouldn't think. So I'll say, yeah, the morning of the weigh-in. Is it a morning of the weigh-in? When do they weigh in? I don't even know. So I'll say I'm the morning sure. of the weigh-in. The jockey eats an ice cube, balloons up to 116 pounds. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'll say, yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I would normally have said the Rockets here, but, uh, yeah, I don't. it just seems like these games have been low scoring. So uh, take the jockey. Yeah, I think – and I'm looking at the Warriors now, 129 on the road against the Clippers. And as Parley Kid said, Rockets are right around 113. Here's what I'll say is the difference. I'll take the basketball team. I'll take the winner of the game three because that game could go to overtime. The jockey is not going to overdose on Fogo de Chow the night before the race, right? So there's no, 
there's no scenario where you're going to add 20 to the jockey score. So I'm going to say uh, Rockets or Warriors. I actually think the Warriors are going to win. I think they do. They've been playing better actually on the road. So that's going to be my pick right there. Tate, you want to get involved in this nonsense or you're above uh, it? I was going to say you can, uh, you know, if you can pay off the officials or whatever Harry was talking about before the race for weigh-ins, you can obviously give the jockeys a little bit of sugar, a little bit, uh, you know, extra on the side, maybe a piece of fried chicken, get them, get them weighing <laughs> up. So I'll take the jockeys. All right. That's another week. That one was ridiculous. Uh, of Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino, no matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, we're going to say goodbye, and then we're going to say hello again. We're going to be back with Eddie Olchek. Brother Bry, Canelo Alvarez, Jacobs, what a story. Cancer, survived cancer, Jacobs did. Canelo, obviously the big Cinco de Mayo fighter, going to unify three belts here. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I don't love the odds here. Again, it's a minus 450 fight, although that's probably the closest boxing match odds we've had in the last like three months. Usually it's like minus yeah. 10,000. Um, but yeah, I, I think Canelo here is going to win a decision here. So, you, you know, you can look Canelo by decision. You know, you could go the over. Uh, but yeah, just a great weekend of sports uh, between the boxing, some good MMA fights, or a good headliner with Ia Quinta and Cerrone. You know, derby, basketball, hockey, and then I got uh, my children's games. So, you know, plenty of stuff to bet on. All right. If people want to ask about Brother Bry's children's games, they can reach you at, at the Brother Bry, right? <laughs> at the Brother Bry, yep. Hit him up. He's ready to give score updates. Uh, Parlay Kid, here we go. Josh Bailey ties it 2-2. Four and change left in the second. Hell yeah. Here come oh, the boy. Islanders. There goes, there oh, goes Harry's under. Uh, who do you, what do you got going Yeah, on? one one more goal and this game definitely goes over. So mm-hmm. all they need is one more and it's going over, right? So because uh, then you're going to have to get to six here. So, yeah. um, well, maybe not. No, I'm sorry. That's no, all right. We, we know what you're saying. Goal. This game's going over. It, it, it's, it's, it's five and a half, right? The over-under was five and a half? Okay. So forget it. Uh, yes, yeah, so at the Chalk Talker. Um, uh, some exciting stuff, as Brian said, coming up and, uh, Jungle and lacrosse team, Sal. They got 10 wins. They're 10 and 3. If they win two of the last three, Sal, they'll set a school record in, uh, in victories for the lacrosse season. Wow. So, uh, hopefully they can, hopefully, yeah. Well, our lacrosse program, as you know, well, when we were there, there was a, it was survived for about two years. We probably didn't, didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it uh, disappeared for a while. Then uh, in the early 2000s, uh, they bought the program back under my buddy Kevin Levy, who did a great job with that. And uh, and now this deal, you know, but uh, this year they've been very successful so far. Yeah, so we let's had, keep that uh, rolling at the Chalk Talker. And I do like self, like I mentioned, in that Canelo Jacobs fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that's promised to be a pretty good fight. I like the over 10 and a half rounds at minus 225. Yeah, I kind of like that. You know, too. I'm not, that's, yeah. I like it too. I think Canelo wins. Put that on a put that on a parlay somewhere. Put that on right. a parlay right. somewhere. That Seven rounds to five, you know? eight rounds to four. Beats him up a little bit, but I think it goes a distance. Harry, you watched yep. my kids this weekend. You were going to give a derby pick, and then we told you before the podcast <laughs> that Omaha Beach scratched. So you have nothing, right? Yeah, I got nothing. I I have a uh, have a couple of buddies in Vegas that told me they like number five and probable. I think he's going off at like five to one. He's one of Baffert's horses, so. I might put a little bit something on that, but nothing major. 
I bet that on locking in uh, early in the week. Baffert said that this uh, this horse has a second gear. Now, I didn't think horses were allowed to have gears. If the racing authority uh, hears about that, because gears are part of a motor, so that's bad. That he, he was really stupid to bring that up. But yes, I had uh, I have improbable also. Anyway, thank you for watching my game. Harry went with us to the movies. We went to see um, we went to see the Avenger Endgame, and um, it's funny. My thirteen year old boy was most excited to see the movie. And he had not only my uh, my well my cousin my nephew my godson Michael with us who was just a maniac he just climbs all over everything all the time I don't know why we thought we could take him to a three hour movie but he was all over Archie's lap he got in his way and then to uh, Archie's right you have Harry's girlfriend who's crying actually weeping at the Marvel movie and then Harry who's snoring um, halfway through the movie so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So if you had, if you had over sure. three and a half times I fell asleep during the movie, you, you nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Harry fell asleep. Hey, well, I, Harry, I give you a, I give you a B hey. plus watching the kids. They were very they were ha- very happy you you came by. <laughs> All right, that's, that's, I'll take that. Yeah, why why haven't you stolen Harry away from Ken and just have him come work for you? By the way, I would uh, I would have given you an A plus, Harry, but I did have to come back for a minute. We were staying like a half hour away. I had to pick something up and w- walked right through the front door that was wide open. So, uh, but other than that, it was. It was <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't stolen away. This is you know we I think we decided we create too many problems, right? Well, let, let's create a show called Butler Wars, and then it's you <laughs> and people bidding for Harry. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Let's do it. You know what? I, I know a few people could sell a couple shows. Butler Wars is on the docket. Tate, where are you? Uh, what's going on with you? Uh, not too much. I'll be coming up with reality TV series based on Harry's life, uh, you know, in the interim. And uh, you can find me at, at Tate Frazier, always. Tate drove an hour, basically, to have lunch with Harry and his girlfriend and Ken and all these characters we mentioned. That That went well. It was delightful. It was delightful lunch. We had a great time. Ken, uh, he invited me to Phoenix to come to the house and hang out. So uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. We'll see what happens if it actually what did happens. He, say? he wants Gum, gummies, of, as many gummies as you need. Eh? Thank you, Harry. <laughs> he, uh, Ken wants to uh, talk to you about a career. Ch- what did he say about media? You're, what, what is that? He, he said he's going to make me a millionaire. So, oh, uh, wow. A media mogul millionaire. He couldn't tell you at the kettle how that was going to happen, right? You have to fly out for that? (laughs) Yeah, you have to fly out to Phoenix, (laughs) and then you'll find out uh, with a few installments of 1999. All right, excellent. At Tate Frazier, right? Yes, at Tate Frazier. At Tate Frazier. God bless you. All right, fellas, thanks. Hey, let's listen to a few messages, and then Eddie Olchek is going to help us pick a Derby winner and an NHL Stanley Cup winner, and I don't know. Maybe we'll even talk about the fight and – um. You know, uh, Tony Stark against Arya Stark. Who knows what's up in store? Eddie Olchek coming up. Hey, hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. 
at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-D-D-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. It's the smartest way to hire. Also, the old way of watching sports is over. Stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. The Zone's next big fight is Canelo Alvarez versus Daniel Jacobs. It's a champion versus champion fight live from Las Vegas, and it's a can't miss. Daniel Jacobs was diagnosed with osteosarcoma in 2011. It's an aggressive cancer in the form of a tumor wrapped around his spine. The tumor damages nerves, caused paralysis in his legs. Jacobs has miraculously returned to boxing and has fought through the boxing ranks to the top of the middleweight class. And not only has he proven that he's ready to take on Canelo, but he's fought the toughest opponents along the way. Canelo Alvarez, on the other hand, a boxing prodigy. He's held belts in super middleweight, middleweight, welterweight. He'll look to unify middleweight belts against IBF champion Daniel Jacobs coming up this weekend. Both these fighters are on the same level, incredible talent, and the outcome, truly an unknown. Three world titles on the line. Who's going to take it all? Watch this Saturday. And one more thing. Hey, listeners. Been meaning to talk to you about something for a very long time. It's called CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions. Everything that matters about the game without diving into political and social issues like on other sports networks. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on, always free. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal on the phone. One of my very favorite guests. And I would go as far as to say he's the mint julep of guests. He's an export horse handicapper, NBC sports playoff hockey analyst, expert cancer survivor, all good things. Eddie Olchek, thanks for coming back on Against All Odds, pal. Cousin Sal, nice to be with you, man. We're, we're his a year gone. That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling? I first want to, I, I want to start off feeling all right. You look yeah, good on TV. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I feel really good. I had my ear scanned. I stopped my, uh, my chemo treatment from stage three colon cancer last year. And, uh, mm-hmm. I got the all clear, uh, 24 hours ago. So I'm feeling good. Very lucky, very blessed. And, uh, the farther I can get away from, uh, 2017, 2018, uh, the better that their rear view mirror looks. So I feel very lucky and uh, looking forward to bigger and better days ahead. And uh, hopefully people will, you know, know my story and can be inspired by, you know, how I battled or at least give them hope or, uh, you know, just make them aware of, of uh, what I went through and maybe, you know, raise their hand if they're not feeling well. And I think the one thing too, Cousin Sal, what has kind of taken place here in the last little while is, uh, I'm in the process of, uh, of writing a book and yes, a lot of my mm-hmm. friends tell me there are going to be a lot of crayons with that book. And, <laughs> um, you know, it's been very, uh, it's been very soothing and inspiring. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that, uh, if somebody would come across it in the future is that, you know, it helps them get through it or it helps them battle through, or maybe it helps somebody, you know, to uh, deal with somebody, the caretakers and caregivers, which my wife and I are, so inspired by to 
you know, because the people that are caretakers and caregivers are the ones that, you know, are going through a lot as well, maybe not physically, but they're going through a lot mentally. And mm-hmm. uh, it's been very soothing that way. So, but I'm feeling good. I appreciate you asking and uh, certainly looking forward to the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs that we're right in uh, mid-season form right now in the playoffs. And of course, the uh, run for the Roses on the first Saturday in May. Well, you do a great job. And by the way, you got it all clear notice 24 hours ago and you come on my podcast. What what the hell is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> so, so many better things all to good. do out all, there. All is, all is good. All is good. Well, listen, Eddie, last time we had you on, we had you on to preview the Preakness and it ended up being a big yeah. mistake because you had just won the trifecta, right? For the Derby. So we were <laughs> yeah. like uh, two, three weeks late with you, right? You feel lucky yeah. this week? Uh, I mean, I do feel lucky. Uh, but I just don't know what the weather's going to be like, Sal. I really don't. I mean, there's a chance of rain. Uh, and then we've had some breaking news here in the last little while where the favorite yeah. Omaha Beach has been uh, withdrawn from the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby. And, and that really changes the complete complexion of the race, regardless if it's on a fast track or an off track. And, uh, you know, there's some horses that I like, uh, some a little bit more than others when it comes to whether it's on a fast track or a, uh, a wet track, but those are the type of things you got to be able to change and change on the fly. And uh, hopefully we'll be able yeah. to make, make that right decision. And I got, I got some big skates to fill uh, considering what I was able to accomplish in the, uh, at the Kentucky Derby last year. Yeah. That's the problem. Now you got, you have to step it up. How do you step it up from a trifecta? <laughs> but uh, I don't know, but if anyone can do it, you can. Yeah. That is the big news. Obviously Omaha beach. We're doing this on a uh, Wednesday afternoon, just scratch. I think it was a, a scratched cornea, right? One of the the, the hoodlum other horses went, went after is oh, that's a different sport. I don't know, but anyway, Omaha <laughs> Beach scratched. By the way, I want to go over a couple things with you. I made a bet that a horse would win the triple crown. Of course, it's got to be a horse, but it's not going to be another animal. But uh, and I only got five to one odds on it, which is garbage odds considering uh, it's only happened three times in the last forty years. Should I be able to get a refund on that bet now that the favorite, a favorite's won, I think the last four or five years. Should I be able to get yeah. a refund on that bet now that Omaha Beach is scratched? Um, I'm kind of disappointed that you only got five to one. To be honest, with you. I know that's what I'm I more. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm kind of more uh, kind of disappointed <laughs> in. But uh, hey, look, you got a shot. Whoever wins uh, on Saturday, you got a shot to hold on to that five to one way. That's there. true. Let me ask you this: When you handicap a race like this, what's more important to you? What do you look at first? You look at the trainer, you look at the jockey, or do you look at like? performances in these other dirt, these precursor races, the Florida, Louisiana, Arkansas Derby, or are you just all over the place, but is one of them stand out or are you just taking it all in at once? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm always looking at the speed aspect of it. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at uh, how, you know, the pace is going to develop. I mean, that's the one thing that they're talking about. Cousin Sal is there is not a lot of speed in this race. I think that there will be now even more so. And again, it depends on what happens with the off track and, and what ends mm. up happening as far as weather on that day. But I always look first at the speed part of it. You know, where's the speed coming from? Do I think speed will come back? They're going a mile and a quarter. Most of these horses, I mean, not all these horses have never gone this far, and a lot of them won't go this far again. So that'll be testing. Do they have the breeding? And then, right. you know, how do I see the race turning for home? And, and that's kind of how I break it down. And uh, sometimes you get lucky, and sometimes uh, your horses, you know, keep running into the next race, and usually that's not a good thing. Yeah. So now I know little about this other than Bob Baffert is going for number six, right? That's pretty right, good. Right. He's got a nice head start because he has three horses in this race. I liked Improbable, yeah. 
out of them. And probably might be one of the, the favorite or, or second now that uh, Omaha Beach is out. Uh, who do you like? Who's, who's going who's gonna to yeah. run away with the Roses here? Well, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that Bob's going to have the three, you know, the three favorites in, in the race. And all of his horses are going to take money. You mentioned Improbable. You have Game Winner, who has won on this track before. And you also have a Roaster, who I like. Uh, who I bet earlier in the year, uh, I got some future wagers at uh, 24 to one and 16 to one on hmm. roadster. He'll probably be six to one, five to one, maybe coming into the Derby uh, on, uh, on Saturday. Um, I, again, I, I don't want to avoid the question, but I will say is that if it is a fast track, um, I am going to stay with roadster. Now, if the track is, is off, uh, which it certainly looks like it's going to do. Uh, I'm going to be using Code of Honor, uh, who is the 13 horse. I'm going to use Code of Honor regardless, Cousin Sal. Uh, okay. So a lot of my tickets, a lot of my tickets will be around the 17 and 13 on a fast track, and then the 13 on a on a off track. Um, but again, it's so hard to sit here and say, you know, A, B, or C uh, a couple of days before the run for the Roses. Yeah, I'm writing this down for, furiously. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, I guess I suppose I could listen back to my own podcast, but no, I'm writing it down like a, like a true degenerate here. Okay, so that's uh, off track uh, thirteen, uh, fast track seventeen, thirteen. Who do you like as a as a uh, as a long shot? And I guess a lot would again depend on the condition of the track, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a horse by the name of Long Range Toddy, the eighteen horse. Uh, I, I like that horse on the fast track. I don't know if the horse wants to be off track, but, uh, I think that horse is going to be every bit of 35 to one. I think that horse has a chance to, to maybe run in. And, you know, I think the outside horse that draws in now because of the stress by Omaha beach, the also eligible, uh, Bodie express, which will be one number 21 in your program, uh, draws in, uh, has some tactical speed. I think would like the off track. Uh, I think that's another horse you might have to look at. I think some people may omit now because the horse ends up getting in. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at, at, at those horses. I think you got to use Game Winner as well. Game Winner is the 16 for Bob Baffert. Could uh, Bob Baffert finish one, two, three in the Kentucky Derby with the three horses he has? Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Could. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would say more so on a fast track than on an off track. And let everybody know, Game Winner has won on this track before. I mentioned it earlier. Game winner has won on this track before, so certainly that's a positive for game winner, the 16 horse and Bob Baffert. All right. I like all this. I really do. Yeah, and I I, I did. You're right. It, it's shameful that I took five to one for a triple crown. I, I'm on a show called Locking In on FS1. It's a sports gambling show, and we get a free future yeah. if we win the week. And that's what I went with. It's so stupid. I I should have just uh, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe I should have. Maybe there's a hockey team out there. Let's let's switch gears out there. The pucks are. Sure. It's flying and fast. I, I have a couple things I want to go about. I'm worried a little bit about hockey because, you know, if it's a 2-1 game, two minutes left, and uh, and and the Bruins are pulling the goalie or 3-2, whatever the score is, there's nothing more exciting in sports. You're not going to find an NBA fight. You know, short of Dame Lillard hitting a three, uh, half-court three, yeah. that's great. But that there's the energy, the emotion, the drama can't be matched. But can the NHL survive Columbus, Carolina? I mean, that would be a really tough semifinals, right? I mean, I, you probably love these teams, well, but for the casual yeah, fan. But, yeah, but Sal, look. I mean, you know, look, look at the teams that we have had here the last 
I don't know, I'm just going to say 12 years. Look at the teams in the NHL that have won. Chicago yeah. has won three times. Boston has won. LA has won twice. Pittsburgh has won three times. Detroit has won one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've had a hell of a run. And, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, and, and the one thing that drives me crazy is, you know, people jump on this wagon now, oh, the NHL and NBC, they're probably looking at it going, oh, look at these possible matchups. Well, okay, that's fine. You can jump on and bash if you want. But where were you when we were having, you know, we were having Chicago-Tampa or we were having Pittsburgh-Detroit or we were having LA-New York? Um, Like, look at, how about the NBA? Well, it's going to be LeBron and Golden State for four straight years. Well, what fun is that? Like, so I guess there's give and take. And look, and I would say for people that want to bash the NHL, as long as they would bash, you know, before the NBA season started, that you knew LeBron, whoever he was playing for, Cleveland or Miami, was going to go and play Golden State in the final. Like, what, what good right. is that for the other 27 or 28 teams that they have in the NBA? So, look, these teams have earned the opportunity. Tampa, Tampa lost to Columbus. Columbus took them right out. They had no chance in that series. Columbus is right in the middle of everything good right now. They got a, you know, a big lead in their series uh, against Boston, Carolina. They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions at double overtime in Game 7. There is so much theater right now. And, yeah, it could end up being Carolina, St. Louis, or, or Columbus, San Jose. It might. But I just know from an entertainment value, as you said earlier, there's not going to be anything better. It's the best reality team out there, regardless of the names on the front of yeah. the sweater. No, you're right. Okay, listen, if you think hockey could survive it, I'm with you I, because you're right. It's as exciting as anything else. So that doesn't really matter. I just I just think I think a sprinkling of a Nashville in the finals or uh, the Vegas Knights in the finals is good. Sure. I just but but you make a good point sure. about Pittsburgh and Detroit and whatever where were these people then? As I bring up the Knights, the major call against them in game 7. Uh-huh. Uh, right. And they and, and San Jose scores 4. Uh, and yeah. I felt like they were going to score 40. I mean, it just, it, it seemed yeah, like there was no right. quit in that team. Pavelski right. walks away from that. That's a minor or no call. Well, look, I, I think what ended up taking place, there was a penalty on the play. He definitely got cross-checked. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he fell awkwardly to the ice. Uh, the optics of it were bad. The guy is down. He is out bleeding. Uh, he's being helped off the ice. Uh, the officials got together and they felt it would be a major call. At the end of the day, was it the right call? No, I don't think it was. But that's the reality of it. We don't have replay on those type of plays in the National Hockey League. Now, mm-hmm. taking this stuff further, further cousin, cousin Sal, if you're, if you're Vegas, you can't give up four power play goals. Maybe you can give Absolutely. up two, maybe you can give up mm-hmm. three, but you can't give up four. Now, mm-hmm. if you're Vegas, could you have slowed the game down there? Could you have called your timeout? Could you have told somebody to go out there and, uh, and, and, and lose a contact on the ice? Try to stall San Jose because you're right. Once, once Logan Couture got that first goal, all – I mean, you, I just, you just knew. You just knew they were coming back in yeah. that game. Their captain got – their captain fell. They knew. They knew how he fell. I mean, the guy, he was off. He was in an awkward position. He hit the deck, and they rallied around their captain. And I think that speaks to how much they really love a guy like Joe Pavelski. So, look, at the end of the day, you know, I understand the call. I didn't agree with it. Definitely a penalty. Um, but they don't have the ability to go back. And, and they erred on the side of caution 
wondering, you know, hey, look, did, did he get hit in the head and we missed it? Did, you know, and mm-hmm. but look at look at the Rams and Saints in the playoffs for football a couple yeah. of a uh, couple of months ago, right? Like, I know there wasn't a penalty on the play, but you know, could you go back and review that? And go, okay, I mean, those type of calls change history. Those type of calls change yeah. people's lives. I mean, it, it really does. Forget about the gambling aspect of it, but. It, it, you know, you, you got to live with the calls, and there's that human element of it. We've seen it in baseball with, you know, guys having perfect games, and, and the umpire decides to go ahead and walk the guy, or somebody is, you know, safe at first instead of out. It's the human mm-hmm. nature, and I know they have replay now in baseball, which kind of. But how far do you want to go? And uh, yeah, it's disappointing, but um, hey, you know, if you're Vegas, you know, somehow you got to put a stop to it. And, and uh, look, they showed a lot of moxie and a lot of plumb. Like coming back and tying that game with the end with the extra attacker out late in regulation, and then eventually lost that game uh, on that yeah. short-handed goal. And you know you got to get. I, it I was thinking that I was like, oh, they tied it. This is going to make the lo- the worse like ten times right. worse than it, the the loss well, ten times worse than it already is. But yeah, poor Vegas. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, so I guess you wouldn't change the rule. You wouldn't be able. You would rule that you don't uh, go back and replay something like that. Well, but no. I, 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 well, no, I, I was I thinking would, like I this. Yeah, my, my opinion would be is I, I think I think there should be certain things that we should in hockey we should open up to review. Mm-hmm. If you're not sure if the guy shoots the puck out of the ring for delay a game, I think the referee should have that ability to be able to go and look at his monitor. Maybe get some help from the war room in Toronto, which makes a lot of calls. Uh, the play on Pavelski, how did the guy get hurt? He didn't see it. It's a fast game. Look at I think our officials do an amazing job. I really do. They're going to miss mm-hmm. some things. It's just it happens. Look at. I make mistakes. I was a player for 16 years. You make mistakes. It happens. It's the human element. But I think if we want to get it right, we have the technology. Hey, look, go look at the play. How did he get hurt? Did, did somebody did somebody trip him? Did somebody elbow him? Did somebody hit him with a stick in the head? I think if you mm-hmm. do that, then I think you have the better opportunity to let the guys decide the game on the ice. And you don't. I've, I've talked to the head of officiating, Stephen Walkham, for many, many years of the National Hockey League, uh, National Hockey League, the head of the referees. He's always said we instruct our referees and our linesmen not to guess. If you if you if you think if you're not sure, keep the whistle in your pocket. Don't make any call, and we'll de- right. and we'll deal with it after the fact. And I think, look, if you can go back on certain things, uh, I think it might be better for the game. But uh, where I am on the totem pole, I don't think anybody hears me. Yeah, I'm with you. I just, yeah, it's funny. I was talking to a friend about this, and it's like you know, San Jose is just a good chance as anyone to go to, to win this whole thing. It could be that in three sports, it was screwed up because of a replay or lack of replay. Sure. You brought up the Saints. Sure. You brought up the Saints right. call. Uh, this thing, Virginia's travel yeah. and the championship game. Sure. You know, it, it, right. it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm going to ask yeah. you about this because yeah. I'm an Islander fan. They're playing uh, at the Coliseum. They're lighting it up. I'm from Long Island. They yeah. they. Yeah. Obviously, they can't do any wrong. There's obviously great energy there. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, I go back to the John Tonelli, Podvin, Bobby Nystrom days. I, I loved it there. Uh, crowds rocking. They come back to Barclays. Nothing. Nothing going. Now, I know these guys are pros. It shouldn't matter. But in a league where yeah. it's hard to establish home ice advantage, damn it, the yeah. Islanders had home ice advantage. Is it a shame that they had to come back to Barclays? I mean, I understand why, you know, uh, you got 31 luxury suites at Barclays. You got six at the Coliseum. You got 13,000 seats at, at uh, the Coliseum. You got 18 or 19 in Barclays for hockey. I, I understand it. Uh, I almost would have rather just have them start at Barclays and not have that big change because it is different. Now, I think more right. so than anything, I think the 10 days off hurt them, Sal. The, yeah, you know, probably. the sweep of the Penguins, 
sweep, sweep of the Penguins waiting for Carolina, to me, uh, I think it has more so to do with them being rusty. Uh, I give them every opportunity in Game 3 uh, against Carolina to come back in this series. Uh, unfortunately, they've fallen back into what they were in the regular season, a team that was really offensively challenged, where in the first round they were scoring goals left and right and had a bunch of depth in that, uh, in that first round against the Penguins. Right. Well, if anyone could bring them back, it's Trotz. But uh, they're playing right now, actually, as we speak. But yeah. Uh, yeah. one more thing before I let you go, and you've been great. Who sure. hoists the cup next month? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right now I would probably. Oh, well, let, let me say this first, in the tongue in cheek, I picked Winnipeg and Tampa at the start of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Winnipeg, uh, I don't know what yeah. happened to Winnipeg. I had them too. And I had them in the first round. Yeah. They just, uh, they, they just yeah. fell apart. Yeah. There were some games they could have won yeah, there. They, they just, just yeah, they just, they blew, they blew. Uh, I think they blew that game five at home. They had to leave the third period and they gave mm-hmm. up three goals in the third and St. Louis ended up winning. But um, yeah. I, I would lean towards St. Louis right now. They got the mojo. And how about this? Sell? Back on January 2nd of this year, the St. Louis mm-hmm. Blues were dead last in the NHL. Dead wow. last. 31st overall in the NHL. And here we are, what? February, March, April, May. Four months later, they are wow. two wins away from two wins away to go into the conference finals in the West, which is really incredible. So um, I'm going to look that up. So you were probably looking yeah. at 50 to one odds, probably from uh, from January 2nd. Back then, on, at least. Oh, I would say, oh, easy 50 to one. They might have been. They, I, you know what? They might have been 125 to one when you look. Is at that it. right? I, I know they don't. Oh yeah, I would say so. Wow. Oh man. Uh, I don't want to think about yeah. that. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. St. Louis. Why yeah. not? Uh, Eddie, thanks for coming on. Pucks and ponies. If that's your thing, he's your guy. You should add ping pong. We got the triple P in there, but. Always a great guest, Eddie. Thanks for coming on Against All Odds. Okay, Sal. Always great to be with you, pal. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks. Take care. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Lock It In Monday through Friday, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that. For the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Eddie Olchick, I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. (laughs) 